Hi, welcome to BA Brew. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Lisa. And I'm Mike. And today we're going to talk about the subject of you couldn't make it up. And to give you a flavour of the of the type of discussion we're going to have today, I thought I'd start off with a story. And this is a story of my now wife buying me a holiday. She bought me a, a holiday to the Rhine in Flames, so Rhine and Flamen, which is um, uh, my very poor attempt at pronouncing uh, the event that was going to. It's a massive fireworks display on the on the edge of the Rhine in Germany. Anyway, it was a coach trip uh, that she'd purchased. And I, I remember being excited about going on this holiday and, and going to get onto the coach. And um, I got onto the coach and was told, that unfortunately, there wasn't enough seats the guests on the coach and um i had to travel down from the midlands which is in the middle of england um down to dover or sitting on the aisle floor um <laughs> i thought you were going to say the toilet <laughs> I, thought I was taken no, I, I didn't have a bad stomach that day mike no, not. <laughs> that's, that's, that is unbelievable isn't it um and 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 what made it even more unbelievable was that when I complained that hang on a minute we bought a ticket for this holiday, and why isn't there a seat? It was met with kind of oh this is just normal no no this is fine yeah you'll get a seat when we get to Dover and I was kind of like what happens if there's an accident? Um, um, well, so that would be good if you're in the toilet, wouldn't it? Well, it was. We know where Matt would have been. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my opening story thank you for lowering the tone there mike <laughs> on multiple occasions so, but with this story so when you got to uh, the other side of, so did you go by ferry then and, and i think we got the, the ferry other. yeah i think it was ferry and there was a different coach that picked us up right um and there was one less person on that coach and therefore right. i had a seat and um, on the way back where the, did you have the no, same problem with the coach I, or was I it somebody else's problem i didn't have to sit on the toilet on the way back no <laughs> so so were you the only person who didn't have a seat jonathan yes That's I, really I, I was the only person and it was my gift and it was my birthday <laughs> my wife was just trying to give us give me this special gift oh um, but she felt terrible and then and then i spent uh, i spent quite a bit of time writing to this company to complain about the way we'd been treated there's other things that went wrong on that holiday um and and they're just like, no, no, there's no no reason for complaint. It's all fine. It's like, wow. Just couldn't, I, I, let's just say I wouldn't be using that travel company again. Um, no, you couldn't make that up. No, no, way. no, you couldn't make it up. So that that's what today's pod's about. Um, and it's not just about Mike taking the mick out of me. Um, <laughs> so let me go over to Mike. Have you got a, you couldn't make that up? I might have. I'm not sure I can beat that though, Jonathan, because just that, that image of you sitting <laughs> sitting in the aisle on, on the coach. Um, you didn't give I, me a pillow or a cushion, Mike. Nothing. I was just. It's like, it's like the naughty step, isn't it? <laughs> You've done something wrong. I, I think he's not told us the whole story there. <laughs> I think there was some misbehaving going on on that coach, and separated from his friends or something. But we'll have to we'll we'll have to ask him about that afterwards. I, as I say, I, I don't think I can compete with that. I think. Um, uh, an example that occurs to me from um, a previous uh, place of work many, many years ago, or it might not have been many years ago, who could tell, um, was I, you, um, I was asked by a manager um, to do some prep work uh, to try and speed up 
well, actually to try and do away with interviewing people for um, doing a bit of analysis work. And what he wanted me to do was write uh, the standard list of questions that I would ask at every interview so I could put that into a Word document and send it out to people beforehand. So they could, instead of having an interview, they would just fill in the form, send that back. We would collate the answers and then build the system for them. Uh, needless to say, I, well, I did give him, I was tempted to give him the how, why, where, when, and who. Those were the questions, but I thought no, that's probably not a good thing to do. Um, needless to say, he didn't really understand analysis. And um, some sometime later, um, I left. So I, I got a job elsewhere. But it did seem a bit of an odd question to, to ask an analyst to write the list of standard questions. Uh, it wasn't as if we were going in and doing the same thing all the time. So, Wow. It's very wow. strange, isn't it? Very strange. It, it was a, a very manager. clinical clinical approach to doing analysis. Here is the questions that I'm going to ask every time. So strange. Makes no We're near as much fun as the coach, I'm afraid. Sorry. Not, <laughs> not, not as much fun as the coach, but I, I'm just perplexed. How did that person become the manager of a business analyst if they didn't understand a, a single kind of thing about analysis? I've, I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, they've been working in in IT for quite a few years. So they weren't actually a, an analysis manager. They, mm. um, so I was I was the senior analyst in the organization. Um, but yes, it was a very different perspective. It was just a clinical approach to what are the questions, assuming it, you follow a formula and then you could get the answer that you needed. Wow, wow. Um, <clears throat> did they get upset with you when you didn't give them the pre-prescribed list? <laughs> Well, I think I explained that I didn't have a standard set of questions other than um, tell me what you do um, and think or show me what you do and then sort of working through and then asking questions on the basis of that. So I think I think I did manage to explain to them that uh, it wasn't as straightforward as here is the list of questions I ask. Um, but we, we didn't always see eye to eye about everything. But I think I think he understood that and, and realized that I wasn't wasn't going to get us anywhere. Yeah. Very odd. Very odd. Extremely, Lisa. <laughs> well, I, I was there. I can't better that to be honest. But I, I don't know. The sort of negative example I've got was from. It wasn't from work. It was as a customer. So I've been with this broadband provider for a few years, actually. I'm going back quite a while now. Um, and this particular company was very popular back then. And I decided for whatever reason, I can't remember why, I was going to leave them. So I'd waited till my last month, paid my last. I think it was fifteen pound a month back then. It was you know quite cheap back then. Um, and then I cancelled the direct debit. And the next thing I know, I'd got, I was getting letters from a bailiffs, some kind of debt collection agency, completely out of the blue, mortified. I was like, oh my goodness, what, you know, I paid it. I'm sure I paid it. And I, I diligently waited until the end of my contract as well. That, that's the bit I couldn't get my head around. So I contacted the company. I couldn't get through by phone. So in the end, I, I called the number of this, this debt collection agency letter. I was like, look, I've paid it. You know, I've paid it. And well, you've cost you direct debit. I said, yeah, but because I've paid you, your last, you know, the last payment, it's done. And this woman was, and then she was screaming down the phone at me for fifteen pounds, and I was like, "But I paid it!" So I was like shouting back at you know, it was, it was so ridiculous, I couldn't help getting angry. Anyway, then I came off the phone and I thought, this is, you know, I just I couldn't believe you know how ridiculous it was. And then I ended up emailing the company, the broadband provider, and it was sorted out straight away, straight away. It was just the most horrendous experience. I'm very very proud, you know. Um, uh, I, I would be very ashamed if I'd not been able to pay something. You know, it would have been quite a difficult thing for me. But the fact that I paid it and then, you know, got those bizarre cons <clears throat> you know, consequences, it was really, really odd. So that wow. was probably my worst one. Wow. Um, and quite stressful. 
because Very someone's shouting at you and and there's a debt and they're threatening to turn up and and remove items from your house to pay repay the debt 15 pounds you know, <laughs> yeah. what a, a good thing uh, you could have done in that call you could have said that this call is being recorded for training purposes and then you'd see how they might behave after that point might yeah. uh, send things around a little bit i i find um getting uh, calls from broadband or telecoms providers a little bit interesting where i get a call and I say we're ringing up to save you money on your account we've been reviewing your account I'd like to take you through security and I, I thought, hang on a minute, they're ringing me. I don't know who they are. I said, well, no, actually, I'd like to take you through security um, because you've rung me. So I said, I'll take you through security. I'd like to ask you something about my account. I was, and I said, yeah, that's fine. We'll do that once we've taken you through security. And they didn't quite understand what the problem was there. I thought, yeah, there's, um, that's a, an odd one. They ring up and say you shouldn't give out details to people you don't know on the phone. But then they, the marketing department will ring me and say, I want to take you through security. Tell me your codes from your password or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've had that with companies ringing me as well, Mike. And and I've have the person I spoke to seemed to understand that I was in the position where I wasn't wanting to give out details, and and yeah. they did answer some of my questions. So right. they took a bit more of a reasonable view. Um, I'm going to share a positive story now about customer experience. Then, so I'm I went out with my wife. Uh, for lunch and I was in a restaurant ordering um, some items and the uh, there was a, a woman stood behind the bar trying to take my order and she stood trying to input into the um, into the electronic point of sale system the till system what my order was anyway she's staring at this screen and pressing buttons and doesn't know what she's doing at all and and so I it uh, she she eventually asked someone else for help but it takes probably about 10 to 15 minutes to place my order the whole time i'm stood at the bar my wife sat on the table um on her own anyway um i placed the order and, and I, I you know i i don't complain um and I'm, I'm just myself anyway go back sit down and think think that's a bit bit odd but anyway don't think anything too much of it and then this this man comes up to me and he says, um, thank you. My mum's just told me you've been incredibly patient with her while she tried to take your order. Um, and I was like, oh, it's fine. You know, everyone needs to learn the new systems. And he's like, no, my mum's given me a direct instruction that I have to look after you because of how kind you've been and how patient you've been. Anyway, so uh, we all, the food order comes and, and he says, all right, do you, do you want any additional sides? And we're like, no, no, we're fine. Um, and he's like, no, he's insistent that we have additional sides. And then he was insistent that I try both a, um, it was a red stripe, it was a Jamaican restaurant. So he, he was insistent I have um, a beer. And then because, I, because I'd hinted that I, I quite, <laughs> I was looking forward to my red stripe, um, he insisted that I try the local house lager as well so i end up i end up getting it's the the owner of the restaurant giving me like a vip service and my wife she was having quite a stressful time at work which was one of the reasons i took her out for lunch and we had this great customer experience off the back of me not getting angry with the woman that was trying to process my order and, and still to this day it's one of my favorite restaurants to go to um, because I've, I've had such a great customer experience there, and I know the owner a little bit now, 
because um, he, he went out of his way to look after me. Very different to sitting in the aisle of the uh, of the. <laughs> That's fabulous. It's like karma, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> karma coming back for the coach trip. I don't know. Complaining on the coach trip didn't seem to help me, <laughs> so maybe I've learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I the the. That's a really nice customer experience, but it does make you wonder how bad the staff experience is normally at that restaurant. Restaurant that if you're just being patient, um, that's that's considered really amazing customer behavior. And you think Maybe, that's, that's, yeah. That's a sorry state of affairs, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. Must, be, it, must, it must be hard to be on the receiving end of it sometimes. Mm. It must be. Yeah. But I don't know, if you're trying to learn something new and you've got a customer that's getting irate with you, it's not really helping. She was clearly... <laughs> Clearly didn't know how to process the order. Um, have either of you got a a wow kind of customer experience that you've had where you're just like, you couldn't make that up. That was someone went above and beyond or actually, yeah. So so I've just come back off holiday last last Sunday. Um we went on a cruise for the first time in in years, you know, um last time went was the year before COVID. Really excited about it, really looking forward to it. And um, but remember the one one of the well-known providers of cruisers just round the med, it was wonderful. Um, but actually when we got there, when we we you know sort of checking in with the passports at the terminal, they said, "Oh, there's there's been a bit of an issue with your room." So what do you mean? I'm panicking at this point because I'm thinking there's only a set amount of rooms obviously on the ship. You know, I've waited a long time for this holiday. What what's going to happen? Anyway, the upshot of it was that we'd uh, we'd sort of paid for an inside cabin because it's a lot more. There's a much bigger premium. I don't know if you've been on a cruise before. There's a much bigger premium to have a balcony. It's it's you know it's quite a quite a substantial amount of money. Um, and actually what we ended up with was not one balcony room, but two balcony rooms that we were interconnecting. So, you know, that, that would have accommodated six people and there were three of us. And wow. it was just amazing. And it, I honestly don't know why why it happened, why it happened to us. I'm not sure. Um, but it, it was fantastic. So, that, I mean, that, that was probably the best story, customer service wise. Um, but we were just really, really lucky to have, to have got that. Wow. Yeah, so, really good. So that just to, just the upgrade to one balcony as a room would have been a that huge, been, effect, but yeah, you had two. absolutely, yeah, two. So we could, you oh, know, yeah. we could literally walk. Just so they there was a partition between the rooms, and all they did was they just pulled that back, so we could just walk walk around. It was just fantastic. Did you pull up in a limousine? Did, did, <laughs> no. did you wear a And <laughs> did they think you were a celebrity, Lisa? No, no, come on, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I honestly don't know why. What well, don't know why it happened, but I was panicking a little bit at first, thinking, well, because my daughter's only 10. I was thinking, well, she can't sleep in a different room to us, you know. I was like, oh, God, there's only so many rooms on the ship, you know. Um, but it was it was brilliant. It ended up being a fantastic experience. Really, really good. And, and so unexpected as well. Wow. So, yeah, wow. that was great. Mm. It's not all bad. No, no, that's good. I, I was thinking, as you were saying, I was thinking through some sort of other things that a, a little bit unexpected that are not holiday or or um work work related and and a thing i i find quite amusing is um signs that just seem completely inappropriate or or unnecessary so i remember one time walking away from work and i came up to this pedestrian crossing and they were doing roadworks on the street and the road was completely closed and there was six foot high fences just blocking off this crossing and by the side of the crossing, there was a sign that said crossing not in use. And I thought there's no way you can go across <laughs> this crossing. So that sign just seems a little bit redundant. Just just a little bit. <laughs> it's not really very useful at all. All right. I, I'm going to share a work kind of example now. Um, many years ago, uh, I was drafted in onto a project uh, that had been running for about 
two years, I think, by the time I'd, I'd arrived, and I was asked to be someone that would understand the impact of this project on the respective divisions of this um, financial services organization. So I, I was asked to be an architect that would understand the impact of an ongoing project on the divisions of this financial services organization, but it was already in flight. And so what I found out was they basically had spent a lot of money uh, over a number of years and they didn't know the scope of the project. And, and, and when I say a lot of money, this project was, um, it had a budget of, of over 500 million pounds and a, a, they tried to get, they tried to hold um, team meetings and they had to hire kind of like concert venues and there were multiple theatre venues that would be connected via video conference link throughout the world. And so it was a very, very bright people lots of them getting paid a lot of money and i'm brought in to understand the scope of the project when it's about two years in flight um and and finding out what the scope was was really quite challenging as well because there was no agreement on it um and i, I was just flabbergasted one of the most i don't know um strange program project experiences I've ever come across. And, and for me, that's a, you couldn't make it up. There's just an ongoing project that doesn't know its scope, but it's just got lots of people doing stuff. Um, it was just, wow. And, and well, it was a great learning experience. Eventually that program did fail. Um, it didn't achieve its outcomes, um, uh, but it just, just a, yeah, you couldn't make it up of, um, have you seen anything like that or a nonsensical thing at work um, that you've come across? I um, doing doing business analysis, you, you often find odd things that are occurring. I remember one place I worked, um, I went along to this department and um, there was a, this person had got this job of reviewing the content of, of these files um, because they needed to um, retain uh, the, the important messages or important letters and whatever on the files needed to be retained, but the ephemeral things, the, me the odd memos could be destroyed. And um, this person would get these files out, they'd be quite thick files. This is back in the old days when we had lots and lots of paper. Um, and what they did, it, it, they um, had to get each sheet and determine whether they needed to keep it or not. And they got a rubber stamp. And for the pages that they said um, they determined weren't necessary to be kept, they stamped this put this rubber stamp and it said permission to destroy on it and they took that sheet and then dropped it into a shredder and they get went back to the folder and went to the next one oh no we'll keep that one now oh we can destroy this one permission to destroy and dropped it into the shredder and just thinking <laughs> this is really odd and I thought well why on earth is this person doing that because as soon as they've stamped it they destroy the evidence <laughs> stamped it. Like, I, I have to say that oh, the, the rubber stamp is quite it's quite a nice thing to have and, and who wouldn't want to use a rubber stamp it turned out it used to be two people's jobs so one person used to review the folder and determine which things to destroy and they'd stamp permission to destroy and when they finished all of that they'd take the pile of things with permission to destroy to a clerical assistant who would then um shred them and, and the story i tell is that uh, it wasn't a business analyst that emerged these jobs before it was another role. I'm not going to mention the role because I don't want to upset. Uh, I, I spend enough time upsetting project managers and uh, whatever, so I'm not going to mention the role. It wasn't a project manager, just in case <laughs> <the> project manager <laughs> it's very definitely <laughs> wasn't a project manager. It was another role. But uh, they merged the, the, the job together, but they didn't change the process. So this person was still merrily 
um, stamping the page. And they, I, I think they were a little aggrieved that we'd um, pulled them up on this and said, well, you don't need to stamp that. So we saved a little bit of money on ink and on the rubber stamp and completely destroyed that person's day because they, all they did was look at things and shred them. So. But you couldn't make that you up. You couldn't make that up. No way. But there's no. there's quite a you know it's quite a nice thing to stamp a piece of paper. Satisfying, and, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's quite, it made it made a satisfying sort of kachunk sound yeah. as well. It's one of those stamps that yeah. um, the ink pad was on it, so it rolled oh, round. Oh yes, yeah. They were really good. Yeah. Good old, old date stamps. Yeah. You Very. Took it away from them. I know. I know. I feel. I feel mean. Oh dear. Um. Right, Lisa, have you got any last I couldn't make it make it? I don't up? think I don't think I can beat those, to be honest. I will think. I'll think You'll but think. I can't at the okay. moment. <laughs> I've I've got one more. It was a it was a it was a program manager, a different program. I had this program manager that would set a we called it a daily stand-up. And um each morning the team would gather for the daily stand-up. And um the daily stand-up was not a daily stand-up, it was a a counselling session for the programme manager to tell us what they'd been involved with, uh, what their thoughts were of the sponsor. Um, I knew all about their family and home life and whether or not their pets were well or at the vets or any other kind of troubles, um, but, but very little focus on what the actual work was. And, and it took an hour each day and the whole team would stop and they would have to listen. And it was just like, wow. This is not a daily stand-up, and and um, the the program manager in question wasn't in listening mode. They wouldn't they wouldn't have wanted to learn well what is a daily stand-up. Um, but they just called it a daily stand-up and basically wasted everyone's time every single day of that particular program. And um, I was very pleased not to be on that program anymore when that eventually did happen. Um, but um, it's really yeah, that's frustrating, that isn't it? Yeah, very frustrating. Really frustrating, yeah, um, yeah. Mike, any last stories that you I've want to cover? I've got a really quick one. Um, I've got a, a key safe that this one organisation went to. There was a key. Uh, there was a key safe or a key cabinet with keys to all of the rooms in the building, um, all nicely secured, locked away. But the key was on a hook underneath the cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, you, can, you can imagine a burglar going and thinking, no, it can't be that oh, one. It couldn't, couldn't be that one, surely possibly not. be that one. That's like a mirage. They wouldn't be silly enough to put the key to the key exactly. safe underneath the key safe. Um, but quite good process efficiency. You wouldn't lose the key to the key safe. You'd know where it is. No, no. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, anyway, um, I just want to thank Lisa and Mike for joining for this particular BA brew. Um, if any of you have got stories that you'd like to share with us in terms of you couldn't make it up, um, please do send them through to us and, and maybe we'll share them on a future BA Brew. Um, if any of you've got any ideas for other BA Brews that we might do in the future, please also do share them with us. Our email address is babrew at assistkd.com. Thank you very much. <laughs>